On today's Out of Play podcast, we are talking breaking news such as Jameis to the Saints, Tack not getting his fifth year, Rodgers maybe not being in Green Bay to finish his career, also got in play, out of play, interview with Braves bat boy Kendall Matoyer, and Island Town to wrap out the show. Y'all keep listening. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? It is the Out of Play Podcast. We are back for another episode. What's going on, boys? What's, What's up? going on? What's popping? Uh, a lot of things are popping uh, today. Uh, we've got our first interview of Out of Play Podcast with Kendall Matoyer, Bray's Bat Boy. Uh, we ask him what he thinks about uh, some of this coronavirus stuff going on with baseball, uh, some of his gambling stuff, you know, just b- good conversation. Um, but we're also going to talk some breaking news going on today. As you guys can see in my background, I've got Jameis, Jake's got Tack, some stuff going on in football. Ryan's got an American flag. I got the American flag, so, you know, just we're fighting COVID. COVID-19 <laughs> doesn't want to fuck with us. Uh, Favre said something about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we got a lot to talk about there. Um, we got in play, out of play, and island time, so good show for you guys today. Let's Go ahead and just start moving into these breaking news stories. I mean, plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm going to start with what's on my screen first because, I mean, it became official yesterday. Um, a few days ago, they were they said it was going to happen. But as of yesterday, Jameis Winston is a New Orleans Saint back up to Drew Brees. Um, thoughts? I well, like first to come. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I agree. I think it's a very good fit, just especially from New Orleans' point of view. Jameis, I mean, he signed a one-year, one-point-one million-dollar contract, so it's definitely a pay cut. Um, especially when you consider that Taysom Hill just got a two-year, sixteen million-dollar contract. It kind of makes you think, like, wow, Taysom Hill's getting paid that much more than Jameis. It's kind of crazy. Um, but for for Jameis, he's able to learn from Drew Brees for a year. And maybe what if this is Drew Brees' last year? What if next year is Drew Brees' last year? Jameis will stay around for maybe a year or two. And he could be the next guy in New Orleans. And Sean Payton, I think he could be dangerous if Sean Payton get to him. Yeah, I'm definitely nervous because uh, Jameis Winston is, uh, I mean, he's a first overall pick. And he's shown flashes in the NFL. Like, he's he can be a very good player whenever he's not throwing 30 picks a season. And now that he's got his eyesight uh, fixed and everything, and he can actually see and like read signs whenever he's driving on the road. I don't know if y'all saw that. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said he couldn't read signs when he was driving. So how is he like 25? How do you go your whole life? And then just, you've played football for your whole life. And then all of a sudden you get this eyes and you're like, yeah, I can start. I can actually see on the road now. Well, everybody roasted him when he was at Florida State, and he was, like, squinting on the sidelines. And then, like, he got contacts and stuff, and I guess the contacts weren't even good. Like, if he still can read signs and shit. Yeah, I don't understand. But maybe now he can actually, like, see the the numbers downfield. But I know uh, Jameis has completed more passes to Saints players than Taysom Hill has. I think it's, like, 10 to 7. Yeah. (laughs) So you get a little more of a – he knows the team a little more, I think. That's so hilarious. <laughs> That's that. a stat. That is – That is a stat. 
Oh, man. So, I mean, yeah, I guess that, like you guys said, I mean, he's only making, yeah, like one mil a year or one mil this year and then, like, with some incentives. But, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, guess. it worked out for Teddy Bridgewater. Look at him. He sat behind, yeah. and then he just got $36 million from uh, from Carolina. So, I mean, it can work. He, Drew Brees isn't – I mean, he got hurt last year. He can. He's getting old. He's getting fragile. It could happen again. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, Drew Brees missed five games last year. Yeah. So, like, I, very good will. Like, he could get hurt again. Jameis has to come off the bench because, I, I I mean, it would be between him and Taysom Hill, but I could – It's going like, to be Jameis. It would be yeah. Jameis. So, yeah, like, I don't know. What about – so, did you guys see this also, that they – for fantasy, they're letting – they're moving Taysom Hill to tight end, like, flex, unless – like, and they're going to they're gonna let him have that position – but then if he, like, comes to play quarterback again, they're going to change him back. To quarterback? Yeah. So okay. imagine drafting Taysom Hill in your fantasy draft, which I don't really know who would. But Jake. I might. Got some of my sleeve. So <laughs> you, draft, you draft Taysom Hill as a tight end, and then he becomes your, like, quarterback midseason. Yeah. That'd be wild. That would be wild. I – I don't even know if he's going to be able to fill that much where, like, he would even accumulate enough points to, like, really, like. I don't know, dude. They give him $8 million. They need to let him on the field. Yeah, true. Also, they drafted Tommy Stevens, who is supposed to play exactly like Taysom Hill. So, talk about a quarterback room. I mean, from Breeze and Winston and Taysom Hill and Tommy Stevens, you got two arm guys, two leg guys. Well, why you have? I mean, nobody has four quarterbacks on a roster. Dude, they're about to run the four quarterback system. They're going to have them all on the same on the field I, at the same time. I just I don't understand why they would have signed Jameis if they were going to draft Tommy Stevens. That just see that just doesn't really make sense to me. I, I you know I still think it's a good move. I think it's a better move than drafting Tommy Stevens though, because I feel like Tommy Stevens is never really even going to play. Well, he could easily get cut just. Sent to the practice team, which is probably going to happen. They're probably not going to happen. They're, they're yeah, not going to start season four quarterbacks on the roster. I wouldn't think. No, it's that was overcrowds. Yeah. All right. So from the Saints to the Falcons uh, today, the Falcons declined picking up Tack McKinley's uh, fifth-year option. Um, McKinley put out a tweet about it. Uh, First of all, I want to ask you, what do you what, do you think he should have put the tweet out? Like, no. he, what? Yeah, I don't think that's he put the tweet out about. Yeah, every, but he, he's yeah. gonna tweet out about anything. He like even with the fans that like roast him, he interacts back with them. Like, I, but you know that's just some players they can't handle the social media or whatever. But like, so is he happy about not getting the fifth year? Because he's yeah, like, he I think the, he wants he to get the, that in California. He put the prayer yeah, he put, put the bless up like emoji. So I guess he's blessing up that he's going to miss out on fifteen million dollars. Like, <laughs> and like his way of playing this year, like, will really benefit if he gets a like contract renewal or like a new contract from a different team. You know, like if he if he stays injury prone like he's been and just like not productive, like I don't see like how he would make anywhere close to the money that he would have been making if we picked up that fifth year. Oh, yeah, he for sure has to have a, a really good contract year. I believe, like, I was reading some dude who works for the Falcoholic. He was, like, tweeting about it this morning. I was, like, reading through the thread. And, like, what he was saying, which I, I think is pretty pretty smart, 
is he said it was a bad move because it's eight million dollars if we would have picked up his fifth year. So we'd be okay, able to it's have only eight. Yeah, it was only eight. So um because I we, just remember Vic Beasley's was like a lot. It's like Vic Beasley's Vic Beasley's was a lot. I think it's like a, it, it goes off. It probably goes off like it's how? like a it's like a yeah, bracket did pick of the draft picks. But yeah, um, we did pick him in the first ten picks. But what he was saying, I know Ryan, you've said it a hundred thousand times. Um, but he was talking about the pressures and everything that he gets. That he might not get the sack numbers, but he had seven a couple years ago and six years before that. He only had three and a half this year. Um, but the sack numbers definitely went off. But he's still getting pressures. And he's getting enough pressures that for eight million dollars. So even if uh, after this year, if he does play well and he gets a new contract, we're going to have to pay him more than eight million dollars to bring him back. Yeah, like uh, that's why I really didn't like the move. I didn't understand it. Like I like when we picked up Vic Beasley's like fifth year last year. Like I understood they took him like taking that risk just because like we could get that twenty sixteen pass rush. But yeah, like even then, like I, he wasn't generating the consistent pressure off the edge that Tech McKinley has and tech, like even though he does not have the sack numbers to back him up and where m- most people would like, just not look at like the quarterback pressures, the quarterback hurries, maybe a quarterback hit, but he's still like above average in the league. He's top 10 in like pressures and hurries and all this. So I think like, especially if it was only 8 million, we lose value there. Now, it may be like they're, they did that because he's been injury prone and just are getting tired of him. Not being on the field on a consistent basis or like not being in shape or something like that. But and anyways, I still, I'm, I'm really not in love with the idea. I would have picked up his fifth year. It's just, it can, the best case scenario for us not picking up tax fifth year. If you look at it from just a pure business standpoint, not from like production is for tax to not have a good year and leave that mean in a safe $8 million. And, I just think for eight million dollars, we might as well just sign yeah. for another sign for another year and hope that he goes off. It's it's just it's not really much of a potential return for what for only for a low price tag. Like we could get, we could definitely use that. Well, who knows? Guess we're gonna see. Like y'all said, big year. Um, let's stay in the NFL uh, today. Uh, there was more, you know, everybody's been talking about how bad the Packers draft was. Uh, and there was more talk about it today. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron, sorry, Brett Favre came out with a quote today talking about Aaron Rodgers and said he does not expect that Brett Aaron Rodgers is going to retire as a Packer. I agree. Um, but now, now that quote's out there from uh, a guy who didn't also didn't retire as a Packer. Yeah, but it was. I guess it was a little different because Brett Favre retired. But yeah, I I I I agree with that statement. Like, I I feel like they're going under similar shoes when Brett Favre. Like, they drafted Rodgers under Brett Favre. Now they drafted Love under Rodgers, and especially like how we like everybody was saying how Lafleur and like all the uh, Rogers relationship was shaky, but like no, it was fine. They were winning and they figured it out. They were all right. Clearly, it was nothing. It wasn't like that because they didn't. Dra- they only got one receiver in all of their in their draft picks and their like undrafted undrafted guys they signed. They only got one receiver. Clearly, they're not building this team around Rogers, building around Jordan Love. So they're trying to get them out. I could see them maybe finishing out two years 
three years max, maybe, but like I think he's going to be off to another team. All right, so let's start throwing names. Let's start throwing teams out there. Mm, looking at early, I mean, he's a Southern California guy. He he, I could see him trying to go to San Francisco. I would, yeah, Forty Niners were the first team off my head too, and like him being a Southern Cal guy, and also just uh, I like. Whenever Tom Brady was going through the free agency, like the 49ers GM and like Shanahan were interested yeah. in Brady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they they know this is a championship caliber team. They and they know Brady and Rodgers are better than Garoppolo. So I think they would be one of the people on the top board taking this, taking that move and getting him. So what about this? What do y'all think about this? Um, Brady retires Rodgers to Tampa. They just keep getting the old quarterbacks. Yeah. And then after, after James has a... And then after, like, Rodgers, it's like Matt Ryan. And then it's like after that, I don't know. But, you know, you get what I'm saying here. Yeah. What then, about the uh, Bears? If he's trying to yeah. get like, fuck you to Green Bay... Yeah, go to, go to Chicago. Chicago. He could go, go to Chicago. That I feel like... That offense like, has weapons. It's only being just held back. Uh, from Mitch Trubisky and his arm. That's literally the only thing holding them back. I mean, they've got guys who can make plays. So they've got a solid defense. At Aaron Rodgers, I think he can get them back and maybe not double doink. The thing is, they just got Nick Foles, too, who still has three years left of that contract you signed with the Jags. Oh, I'm not talking, I mean, I'm not talking about this year. I'm just talking about, like, in a, in a year or two, if he does leave. Yeah, I think also just like a big determinant spot for him would be like the makeup of these teams coming out in a couple of years. Because like we know he's playing next year. We know he's probably unless shit hits the fan next year where he just cannot take the coaching and the management anymore. And he's out. Like if everything goes downhill, like I think this is a two year max. So like it depends how these teams are playing. And then like, of course, one of those teams like a Buccaneers who like will have like a good center team that just needs like that old, valuable quarterback they can take, like a Brady or something like that. Nice. Valid points, Ryan. You're really hitting – you're really on it today. I'll give it to you. I woke up feeling dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another big thing is Roger Goodell took $0 this month. So, from – you know, he usually makes $40 million a year or a month, something like that. And But he's making zero, so – Shout out yeah. Roger. Yeah, big dub for Goodell. And yeah, way to go, really, man. Really stole the show with the draft, especially late second round when he <laughs> la- when he laid on like back in the chair, his legs up, and you could like almost see his balls through his pants. <laughs> and then just to follow it up with not taking pay this month. Really, really good. Stay hot, Roger Goodell. Stay hot. He announced all those names for free. What a guy, dude. Yeah. What a guy. Like, literally draft day, like, those two days he was announcing names almost killed him. And, oh, like, yeah. he did I mean, it for him. Him saying two, I think Tua was the worst one. Because, like, well, how they, did you mess that how up? How did you He's... mess that up? How, it's literally, like, you have to know that that was, like, a top five pick. So, like, you have to nail that. Like, you've probably been, how do you not rehearse? Yeah, Tiger Viola. I mean, yeah, I'd be in the mirror all, like, all that Viola, Like so I don't do he just he said it so wrong. And ESPN literally keeps like replaying the draft and like they'll show like little like highlight tapes of names being called and stuff. And it just always they always show Tua and it just it's so funny. Bad as last. 
Yeah, that was a big fuck up by Goodell there. Uh, all right, you guys got any more breaking news? Um, no, I do have breaking news, but I was just going to save it for my in-play. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. We are, that's where we're heading to the in-play, out-of-play segment. Uh, Ryan, I mean, let's start with you with your in-play. Dude, my in-play is I'm going to go to the baseball field, and I'm going to say Manny Ramirez is looking to make a comeback. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, the, what is he, like 47 now? Yeah, he turns 48 this month, and he wants to get back into baseball, wants to play for the um, Taiwan Baseball League or whatever. And he hasn't played a game since 2013. Dude, I'm hype. I need Manny. Like, growing up and watching Manny just, like, you know, make those outrageous plays where, he like, he mm-hmm. is the cutoff man from the left field and, like, just takes that ball away and falls on the ground and just yeah. doing Manny things. Like, the love, that'd, be, the lovely... that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And especially if we don't have baseball back, I wonder if, like, ESPN or, like, MLB oh. would stream. If he comes back and plays, would they stream oh, his man. game? Dude, he's got to be the they biggest could. dude out there by a mile. I bet yeah. all, like, Taiwan people are really, like, skinny and uh, and Hanley just come <laughs> there. Just oh, he's huge. Huge. Yakking it. All right, so I'll hit my in-play. My in-play is uh, this new Netflix show I watched with my sister. It's called Outer Banks. Oh, you liked it? I liked it. I enjoyed oh, the show. What is that show? Man, it's- John B. just really pissed me off, and it made me angry <laughs> how it just, everyone was just acting so overly dramatic. And I still finished, and it wasn't bad. Like, the last couple <laughs> episodes weren't bad. But see, here's the thing. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even. I started watching like see episode like five of. So I kind of just finished that. Like I didn't really see what happened to begin with, but I kind of have a gist, obviously. Um, but I finished it out yesterday with my sister, and I don't know. I just kind of fucked with the show. I like the. It's definitely a cool story. Yeah. Story. What is it? It's a it's a show about these kids, like these five like teenagers. And they're, I don't know, they're, what are they called again? They have, like, a name to them. The Pogues. The Pogues. The, the, um, I forget Pogue? what the rich people are called. Yeah, that's all I was saying. Like, some of the names or some of the things yeah. are just weird. And I was but, like, uh, anyway, like a, is it fantasy or is it, like, no, it's real. It's like an adventure. Real? He's going after, like, lost gold. They live on an island. Yeah, and, like, one of them, like, one of the kids is, like, adopted by this family. But, like, his fa- like the a family that adopts them like the dad actually killed his dad because they were looking for the gold so now the kid's looking for the gold and now but then like some cop dies and then they frame it on the kid and then the oh dude it's crazy it gets a little wild the kid, yeah. last episode driving off in a boat with the, with this girl going into like a tropical storm like, getting all the way out like crazy like running from the cops like because the cops showed up on his island like literally they surra- they were surrounding the island all this shit I will have to indulge in that show. But I fucked with him. Uh, That's my in-play, Outer Banks. Outer Banks is in-play. For my in-play, it's the NCAA. Garrison, I know you wrote that paper about the NCAA and, like, pay for play and, like, stuff like that. Well, today, um, the top governing body said that it will support a proposal to allow college athletes to sign endorsement contracts and receive payment for other work. So, like, for their name and their likeness, they'll be able to get paid. Another that opens up a door for NCAA Football 21. Uh, Well, I was thinking I was going to bring that up. So they were talking about that today. I was literally reading an article earlier, and they were saying how 
like don't get too excited about for NCAA. Like they're still like they're not even like close to like being able to make it or so. I don't know, man. I just really didn't even want to read the story. I just saw the headline. Dude, EA Sports better be ready. Like when yeah. it comes, like they're like, all right, bet. Like we're able to like get a million copies ready in like a month. Like they but should. I, know, I feel like it's not even EA. I feel like it, at this point, it's like I feel like the NCAA is gonna find a way to like let the players make the money, but not when they're they're gonna like just block the video game still. That would just be so gay. <laughs> that would be that would, be, stuff, that, would, that would really suck. That would be ridiculous. Like, no, we're just not gonna let y'all game. <laughs> pa- power to the gamers, man. We get we're whoa. Power to the up in revolt. Yeah, that's a big money machine right there, dude. They could open up that game and they don't even have to sell it for sixty bucks. They could literally sell it for a hundred dollars and everybody would still. Uh, I would. I would buy. I've said that before that I would buy that game for a hundred dollars. No yeah, doubt about it. Do you think like the reason why they? still don't want to like get this game into motion is like not solely based on the players being paid but like they know it would drag madden just sales under because madden's just a piece of shit and worst game out there well if there was if there was just some competition for madden it really would just kill it because like i just have to force myself to play madden sometimes and then that's like three games just like all right that's that's all i was gonna say so the other day, I was looking on like the Xbox store, you know, scrolling through the games, and I look at Madden twenty, and it was twenty dollars for like a limited time. With and it's I fun, sat, I like it. I sat I like there, it. and I almost bought it, and then I was like, dude, I know I'm not gonna like this game that much. I already know. I texted Caleb, I was contemplating it, and I just ended up not doing it. I'd say Madden twenty is better than two K twenty. Oh, oh man! Wait a minute, isn't two K making a Madden game? Apparently, I've seen tweets about yes. that. I think, yeah, I think like they're they're moving that direction. Dude, that'd be kind of hype. I like. I like they used to do. They did used to make stuff. Like two K used to make like NFL games. Yeah, I remember they yeah. used to make baseball they, games. Yeah, too. I used to make baseball too. I was about to say that. I'm just looking at it like. What if they brought on top of all these? Like you bring NCAA football back. What if you could bring March Madness basketball back? That game. Yeah. Oh, NCAA. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Nice. All right, Ryan, what's your out of play? Oh, my out of play is probably going to reach out to all the college students uh, here in the, the uh, past week and just these next couple of weeks is finals weeks, man. First of all, like just doing it all online, it's just been like a hassle and just kind of fucking ridiculous in my point of view for this corona uh outbreak but now like with finals like they're all like i don't know like i have a couple classes like i have like si- like i have two finals tomorrow like four other assignments due and like do it all in one day and i just like i, I just thought it was kind of stupid you know like it, like i don't understand why you're assigning so many work so much work out there when like there's bigger thing bigger fish to fry in my personal opinion just give me just give me the one clean test like 25 questions and be done with it. I don't need to write, you know, damn two, four page papers on long side <laughs> of like a exam and all this bullshit. Like it's, I just find this really stupid and out of play is finals week, which it is most of the time out of play. But like, I just Education think it's is out of play. Yeah. I just think this COVID-19 is taking it to the next level. <laughs> Fair. So my out of play is, 
so the NBA said that they were going to let things open back up like May 1st, and then all of a sudden, like, hell broke loose. And the, and then so they delayed it back to May 8th. So my out of play is all the people bitching about how the, we shouldn't open stuff back up, blah, blah. Wait, listen, I need sports, and I need them soon. So – if if the state can open up, because that was the thing, like he was gonna let it for states that could open up, and then people were getting mad because they were like, "Well, that's a competitive advantage." Like you live in Georgia or like blah blah, and I was like, "Oh my god, seriously, you like th- these players don't have a f and gym or like uh, like a hoop? Like there's all all it would be is that the facility is open. Like there's no way the something like the Atlanta Hawks having a facility open." would matter to the Clippers and the Lakers and the Warriors and that, you know, yeah. like, so I'm just, I'm pissed that they delayed it, which means just they're delaying sports even more. So that's my take. That's my out of play. Uh, my out of play is sleepy Joe Biden. He fell asleep last night with <laughs> on Fox news on a town hall with Hillary Clinton he fell asleep for like a solid 20 seconds. Like you just watch the video and Kelly Clinton's just talking and he's just uh-huh. sitting there, just head down, eyes closed, like for at least a solid 20, 25 seconds. So sleepy uh-huh. Joe Biden, uh, you're out of play. I can't believe anyone would ever play for you. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So we're going to get to our interview with Kendall Matoya right here. Good one, Braves Bat Boy. Uh, we talk a lot of baseball, a lot of, you know, a little bit of gambling here and there. You guys stay tuned into this one. Kendall Matoy. All right. What is up, everybody? We are here with Braves Bat Boy, Kendall Matoy. Uh, big first interview of Out of Play Podcast. So we're excited about this. Part of uh, the big gambling group that we all had. Uh, Kendall, how you doing? Good man, it's good to be on here. It's good to finally connect faces with our little group message we have. Yep, for sure. So we'll talk about that real quick. Uh, we were talking before this, right before this interview. Uh, there was a group message of the Real Gamblers of Kennesaw, and all th- four of us here were a part of it. Uh, and Kendall said he's back in the game after the draft. So I mean, what were you, what were you hitting on? Luckily, went three and zero. The first one I had was uh, I made sure I had two a the under. Five and a half. I knew he was yeah. going to Miami, but I mean, that was like something I'm not that much knowledgeable about football, but I felt everyone kept talking about how he looked so healthy and the x-rays looked fine. And everyone, I was like, oh, no way he's going to sit through that. So I luckily got that. And then um, I had Detroit picking a cornerback first round. And I had that one too. Vikings to get a wide receiver first round too. And I got JJ, so. I went for that one, but that was a good pick for the Vikings too. On top yeah. of getting the receiver, getting Justin Jefferson, those are pretty good locks. Mm-hmm. Yep, Ryan hit Ryan hit some crazy ones during the draft. He hit. Yeah, I think I went like my. I ended up going three and nine, but I ended up only I'm making like dollars. <laughs> really? That's how you do it. Yeah, I hit. Uh, I took first running back off the board. I picked Clyde over to Lair at plus fifteen hundred. And then I uh, took the last pick of the draft to be a linebacker at plus 500. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, just, I, just, uh, I would never get that luck in my life. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how it ended up happening, but it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. I still I haven't seen, like, most of that money, though. Uh, dude, uh, 
our bookie hasn't doesn't have enough money to pay everybody out. I, he only paid me fifty dollars of it so far. Because money broke. Crazy. Uh, all right. Well, Kendall said he didn't know about fo- much about football, but I know he knows a lot about baseball. Uh, but obviously, right now there is no baseball due to there's no sports at all. Um, so how I mean, how has it been dealing with uh, you know like usually right now you're kind of you know really getting into the groove. Um, it's like first month of baseball is finishing. I mean, it, you're really your job's really starting to take off. I mean, what has it been like not having baseball in your oh. life? It's been horrific, bro. I mean, I, I can't tell you, you know, you wait all off season, you get about a month off after the year. And then you think kind of late November, you're saying, oh, like I'm trying to get back to baseball in the good spring times and, you know, the end of school and stuff like that. But, you know, nowadays I'm just sitting at home, just trying to watch old clips of baseball, trying to keep up with the game, trying to figure out what, what in the world is going to happen with this season. So, I mean, it's been tough. Uh, usually we're spending the mornings for classes and then head into the stadium and then leaving the stadium and going to sleep and repeating it all over again for, you know, seven, nine days. But now you're just at home on the computer, just doing schoolwork and playing video games. So, well, if you're just, if you're watching clips, you need to, have you been watching on Fox sports South the last couple of nights? They've been replaying the 95 world series. I've been, I haven't watched any of that, but. Need to watch those. Yeah, no, it's all 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 those replays and good games and just even for me just finding games where I can see the best play each other, especially World Series throwbacks that learn from older guys and guys are in the Hall of Fame now. It's it's pretty good to get the knowledge of every day I can. It, yeah, it really does suck. I I set up my MLB.tv because they started playing every single game from the last two seasons. So like. Yeah. A couple times a week, I'll just put on an old game that I enjoy from those past seasons. Yeah, it was great they finally released those archives because I didn't know what else I was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. All right, so for what people may not – I mean, obviously, I kind of know you've told me. But, I mean, for the people who don't know, like what, what fully does your job do besides you bringing out the bat or picking out the bat after somebody hits it – after somebody gets hit? Dude, it's a long day. Um I can really just go over like a, a normal day, usually get there, go through laundry jerseys for a couple hours. The players usually aren't there yet, and then they'll start coming in around 1.30 or 2. Um, after so that, what time do you get there? Usually, we usually get there around noon. Whenever, I mean, sometimes like if me, Cody, or Jiggins is, have class, you know, later on the day, we'll just leave as soon as we're done on campus. But I try to schedule or get my classes done around 1 or 11 a.m. noon or so. And then um, you kind of just eat, prepare for BP, make sure everybody has their equipment and stuff like that if they need anything. Uh, chill around for a little bit, and then you'll go off for early BP, pitcher's BP, and shag a ball for a couple hours. Uh, come back in, make sure all their shoes they use for BP and everything's, you know, fine, having their jersey set up and They'll go through hitting meetings, pitcher meetings, stuff like that for a couple hours, have some pregame meal, and then get ready to go around 6.45, 7 o'clock. And then we'll head up to the field already, and then you get ready, put your jersey on, and get out there a couple hours. Hopefully Braves get you a dub, and then you'll get home. Or you'll get back, sorry, get back in there, make sure all the equipment's down, get everything out of the dugout. Uh, the group kind of comes together. We'll clean cleats for – Shouldn't take too long, maybe like 45 minutes or something like that. And then um, chefs usually go home after that. We make sure um, 
all the laundry's in there ready for tomorrow, have the jerseys all done and clean. So uh, when the, if there's any um, the jersey specialists with any tears or like dirt stains, they'll, they'll clean all that stuff out and order new jerseys. But kind of just make sure the food's all ready to go and then kind of go home around 1 a.m. That's a lot of shit. That's <laughs> me. So you're you're at the ballpark for over 12 hours every yeah, home game. Yeah, yeah, it'll get tiring. I mean, luckily for my position, I haven't like the first couple of years, I don't I've never have to work um, every day. But it's, it gets some long homestands, especially like I said, when you're waking up early and going to class all morning and then going straight there. So staying there till 1 a.m. That's yeah. You get home, you, you fall asleep, and you got to redo it again. So you got to stay on track with school and things like that. But I mean, I yeah, I love I love going to the ballpark. There's never a, there's never an hour where I'm too tired or wanting to go home or something like that. So it's enjoyable. Yeah, I could imagine it could be pretty fun. So who would who would you say is like of the, of the people that you've been in the club and the dugout with and like see them like react from like a home run or something like who who would you say is like the most exciting that you've been next to and watched happen? Um. You know, all those all those guys are so great, but honestly, the probably person I've most connected with during these couple of years have been Ozzy. I mean, that man, like, just truly, truly loves the game from start to finish. I mean, he, he has a smile as soon as he gets to the clubhouse to when he leaves. And, I mean, honestly, like, I, it's, it's hard to realize, like, I'm working for some of these guys, like, especially, like, Ronnie. I'm, I'm older than, and they're professional. Yeah, that's wild. Like that, but Ozzy's around eight or nine months older, so we've kind of – been able to connect in a, a different way. That's dope. Yeah, you like just watching them play like in live and then uh, just on TV. You can always just see like like you said, Ozzy's always got that smile on his face. He hustles like on every single play, day in day out. So that's just cool to see. Like he is this really good uh, clubhouse guy, you know. And mm-hmm. it's cool that you got that connection with him. Been a blessing, my Yeah. Now uh, on an off day, because uh, I know like your day is jam packed, but like on the, like an off day or the Braves are playing away, do you still have to report to the ballpark to take care of any like management, or do you? Uh, it, is that kind of like your relaxed day? Like you, you oh, don't have to do much. Is it once it's an off day, no no one no one goes there unless it's players going in for PT or something like that. Everyone kind of goes home and relaxes. But um, the only time I usually have to go there if it's on a road trip or something like that is uh, before the regular season. So, you know, like getting ready once they're done with spring training, I might go there on just regular days to get to prepare for the season. But other than that, I'm, I'm only there on home games. So so let me ask you this. When I worked there, I still had to park like, like a while ago. Like where do you park? Do you park at the stadium? Do you have like a nice little spot? We have some spots in the um, Delta deck. Ooh, to, Delta uh, Tech. That's nice. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> class living. <laughs> to have um, uh, lower in the red deck. This is my first year in 17. And uh, we used to just be like right there in the tunnel. So we can just park there, leave and go. But they had some uh, parking lot transferring, stuff like that. So they moved us to the Delta the past couple of years. And then uh, another question I asked, I wanted to ask is, so I know that, uh, you know, Jiggins and Stark or Jiggins, you know, there's always, that's the funny videos we've got of him wearing other jerseys and stuff. Have you, have you always been in the Braves dugout or have you, you know, been into other teams dugouts? I have not. I've only been in the Braves dugout. They, um, those guys do the roadside, so they get to bring in every single, like 
team that plays the Braves. So they definitely meet a lot more players and things like that. But I'll go over to the locker room and say hey to them like every once in a while when I have some time. But I don't like I usually don't stay around there. Mm-hmm. So I got a question. When do you, when are you planning on like going viral? Like I've seen a couple times there's been like bat boys getting a fight with like the opposing mascot or something. Like that's something you need to do, like condense it into like a ten second tweet, and it could be pretty funny. So, well, I would love to do that, but I would I would definitely lose my job after that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. One, one opportunity we had um the Pirates in town last year, and it was uh the Musgrove and JD kind of a little scrimmage, scrumble a little bit. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He got a little high in, and then he kind of stared him down. I went to go get JD's bat, and uh, I was like, oh, I mean, I knew. I knew uh-huh. he was right away, and I knew he was gonna walk out there. But like, I mean, obviously, first instincts because me and my friend Drew, like, who was another bad boy, like, we want to stand there and just as soon as the players leave the dugout, go with him right away and talk trash and stuff. But we know we'll get checked and fired real quick, so we have to stay back. <laughs> Make sure the bats. Who's good. like, who's like watching y'all like when you're in the dugout? Like, like who's your, I guess, the boss? Like, is there like somebody like a? Uh, well, we have like higher system managers, but we have our main guy like a clubhouse manager and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's so many people in the front office watching the games and stuff like that, making sure everybody's doing their part and representing, like, the A. So, I mean, even to the highest, like, Terry McGurk and stuff like that. So he'll definitely check and make sure everything's been up to schedule and doing right behind the scenes and stuff. You ever talk to Ron Washington? Yes, love him every single day I, I I'm with those guys, and I try to learn from coaches as much as I can, as like as many hours as I can, because the stories that that man has and the way he talks is absolutely incredible. He's one of the funniest guys I know. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I always love him. Yeah, I know there's like a fake Twitter. There's like a fake Twitter for him. It's hilarious. Yeah, I know it's hilarious. Him, him, and Ey, just all all the coaching staffs is really really good guys. Um. When you were applying for the job, you said you got it back in 17. Um, did you just like, was there a position opening or did you already know someone on the team that could help you in? Like, what was the process and like the hiring? Like, I, they probably definitely had to bring you in for an interview and all that kind of stuff. So, like, was that a difficult challenge or just um, just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it was more of a, it's, it's weird because it's more of a job that it's almost recommendation based. I guess, you know, you still get interviewed, but it's not something you can really apply for. Um, I was lucky to have known a family friend. Um, and his dad's my, my plan for the Braves is a really important position. So they had an opening coming in. And I actually started working in 2017 as like a concierge. I just applied for a regular game day position just to get in the stadium and just be able to work out the games and things like that. And uh, a couple months in. One of the bad boys that went to Georgia Tech was like, I think he was going into his senior year. So he said he needed some time off and just really focus on school since he was about to graduate. And uh, my boy called me up and asked um, if I wanted to be in the position. Of course, I took it immediately. I was excited. But uh, I mean, it was an, it was definitely an adjustment because, you know, you, you you're a fan your entire life and stuff like that. And you want to go into a job and they want to make sure. You know, you treat it as a job and not as a fan. You have to be professional and things like that. So it is it is a little bit to adjust because, you know, your first couple months, you're just standing around all these professional athletes from like the entire day. So learning from them and stuff like that is definitely an adjustment. Yeah, that that's what I was 
Yeah, because when I work there, I mean, do you ever find times? Do you ever find times like you said? You know, you're there late. Do you ever find times where like you're kind of rooting against the Braves to lose? Like if they're down like you know five or six runs and it's like in the sixth, seventh inning, you're just kind of like, dude, let's let's wrap it up. Let's, uh, let's count this one. Uh, uh, you can you can sometimes like try to think about it and stuff like that, but in the moment, no, you, you never, 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 never want that because the environment <laughs> when a team's winning is just something you can't really explain when you're inside of there so yeah nothing nothing can beat it so you always want them to win no matter how late in the game it is how early how long you've been there what double header it was and so on and so on yeah i was about to ask about the double headers uh i i suppose you probably worked a couple i'm trying i can't even remember last time the braves played a double header at what what is now truest park i but, think um I remember like a Memorial Day. Did you work the Memorial Day doubleheader? Like last, two uh-huh. years ago? Culberson hit a walk-off in the first game? Yes, yeah. I was inside. Oh, wasn't that when Freddie moved to third? Wasn't that those games? No, um, I think that was. I don't a, know why. No, that was. That was when Matt Adams was raking. No. But, yeah, sorry, Ron, but what were, what were you saying about doubleheaders? Yeah, just like on the doubleheader games you worked at, I like suppose like you even have to get to um, the the ballpark even earlier. So like, uh, just how many hours are you putting in in those days? Oh, I mean, yeah, it it all depends. I mean, there's there's a lot of days that kind of stand out. Like, I mean, some days go short, some days go long. But you mean sometimes you'll get to a park. On let's say let's say I even go there Saturday, and then we have a 7:30, and then say that we have a doubleheader on the Sunday, and then they have a road trip out. So I mean I remember there's sometimes where you know we'll go there Saturday, spend all day there, have 12, 13 hour day of work, and then we'll just sleep there because you know on Sundays you usually have to get there seven or eight, and then you'll have a doubleheader, and there'll be times where like out of 36 hours you'll be working about 28, 29, 30 of them. So you know, it can be it can be some really long days. Yeah, that does sound taxing, but I mean, it does sound like a really cool experience at at the end of it. Yeah, and it's also I mean, it also it always balances out. Like you know, you think of you have some like 80 plus hour weeks, and then but once they're on the road, I mean, you get a week to recoup and then catch up on school and stuff like that, and then just you got about a week until you get back after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like balancing it out with school and stuff. Like so, like let's just say we have one of those eight to nine game like home stands where you're working those eighty hour weeks, and I I suppose I suppose that like homework and just school activities can get very taxing. Uh, do, do your professors know beforehand in the semester that like you got like your schedule really chock full and like well, they're make, able yeah, to even sure. out? Each semester, I tell my professors, like, right away, like, even if it's not during the season, I'm going to say, like, I do this and so-and-so, but, um, you know, kind of just hang with me because I'll have, like, some weeks. I just pray to God I don't have an exam and stuff like that mm-hmm. during a home so I don't have to um, yeah. be have too you ever, out, But have you, have you ever had a professor just be, like, a total dick and just be like, I don't care, or, like, most of them <laughs> are not understanding? No, I, luckily, I, have, I haven't had one of those yet. <laughs> Yeah, he just puts more homework on you, so you're just kind of like slacking out there. Um, <laughs> and luckily, I'm in sports management, so most of the professors, you know, 
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they're just like, that's awesome. All right. So, um, well, I'll get you with one last question or if they're done. But this is my last question. Uh, I mean, just what is that, you know, you, what is the best moment, I guess, in your three years? I mean, I saw a picture of you celebrating in the in the clubhouse after they won the <clears throat> division this past year. I mean, like, what is that probably your favorite moment? I mean, what's what's the best moment you've had doing this? As a, well, I mean, I'll give you two different names because a specific moment definitely was um, the year after our 72 and 90 when we won the division that year. I mean, the odds against us at the beginning of the season, we were not expected to do a lot. And I'm pretty sure we were 26th preseason ranking out of 30 teams. So to win division and then. Unfortunately, we lost to the Dodgers in the first round, but, like, after seeing all that and keeping those guys motivated and then kind of seeing, like, you can tell in their eyes they could see, like, the turning of the rebuilding phase and everything like that, and they knew, you know, we're going to have these guys for a couple years to come, so that was a really good moment. And then just overall, like, working with these guys that kind of have shifted my thinking about sports, uh, you know, a bunch when it comes to like realizing how like these guys are just actual humans, you know, not always just checking, checking it as in like a fan side of things, whether guys doing bad or whether he's doing good or just different things like that. Um, It's so easy for us to like see someone, something kind of dumb or of an error, you know, just having a bad slump and stuff like that. And then realizing that, you know, they have a family, like they might be stressed out about something just like we are or, there's an injury that, you know, PR doesn't really release that people don't really know about and they're they're actually playing through it and stuff like that. So it kind of reshapes my thinking on like how amazing these guys really are playing 162 games like every single day, traveling, doing all this stuff and like the mental like tax it does put on them, not even including like playoffs and things like that. Uh, so I have one last question. Do you have any – you ever talked to Luke Jackson? You ever had any comments by him? Because me and Ryan have been trying to get in a Fortnite game with him for a couple weeks now. And if you could be like the middleman to facilitate that, that would be pretty awesome. You know, I would actually – I actually think he would love to do something like that. I could talk to him. But, I mean, for for me to talk to him, I, haven't, I don't really talk to Luke until we actually get there. So who knows when I can actually contact him next. But okay. he's, he's okay. a gamer. Right. He's a All right, so we're going to put that on hold, and there's definitely a good possibility. If, if we can get this, uh, get the leagues back started hopefully soon, once this corona comes back, we could be uh, teaming up on Fortnite with Luke Jackson. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of guys I love to play Fortnite, I promise. I just have one final question. Is there, like, any certain player in the clubhouse, like – uh, just like every day, like maybe like they're just a little superstitious, just has like that weird little quirk or antic they do. Um, uh, no, I mean, not really. There's baseball is a superstitious game. So, I mean, everybody guys are kind of like things they do on the winning streak and certain things we all do. So I can't really like think of one person I could kind of point to directly if you understand me. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. Yeah. All right. Well, what well, what is what is Acuna at like like ten minutes before the game? Like they're still like down there. Like what what is he doing? Is he just like one hundred percent Spanish, just going crazy, or is he like sitting there like calm or like what? Oh no, he's he's 
He's energetic. So yeah. Least. In ten minutes before they'll they're done probably talking to Sightsy and finish with the hitting coach. You know, just taking a little BP for like a second in the cages and then you know going out there to the dugout to talk to the coaches and you know get ready before. But you know those guys like him and Ozzy and like they're just I remember like they're our age so they're still just like energetic guys just ready to play the game they love. Yeah. So. Mm. All right, well, Kendall, thank you for joining us. It was a great one. Um, really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you all for yeah. having me on here. For yeah, real. sure. Hope you, hope you stay safe and uh, hope you get to be out on the at Truist Park soon. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. That was the interview with Kendall Matoyer. We now are going to finish out the show with Island Time. Uh, this week's topic is albums. So, one album on an island. What are we rolling with? Um, I got a I got a dark side of the moon, and like the big reason why I would choose this album is like the album cover is pretty dope. I know y'all seen it. It's like the uh, prism of light, and like it hits, and then it gets the rainbow out. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. like so like it'd be cool to like if I'm stranded on an island, be like, yo man, at least I got something dope to look at, you know, and also like the songs time and money on them like they're just one of the like couple really good songs i always like to listen to it's one of like one of my more favorable albums so that'd be my album of choice all right so for me i've been i've been really big on the uh these travis scott vibes as of late Oh yeah, Fortnite. Uh, the Fortnite oh, yeah. thing. I, I rewatched the Fortnite concert today. So gonna... See, they they made the Fortnite skin into a real person. Is that crazy? What are you talking about? They made the Fortnite skin of Travis Scott into a real person, like Travis Scott. Is that wild? Oh, uh, good one. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. But I'm gonna take Birds in the Trap Sing Me Night with me. I've That's actually. I've got that album in records. Like I have a like the, the a record of that album. Uh, Danny here gave it to me for my 18th birthday, and it's what just the hanging. What the shit, up. Danny? I didn't get jack shit. <laughs> and it came with like like mint like two little posters, and I still have those and everything. Uh, and the Travis Scott vibes have been good, so I'm I'm bringing Birds in the Trap sing to me. That is a true point because ever since the Fortnite concert, aka the best concert of all time, <laughs> um, I had just been listening to like I've been back at get on my Travis Scott vibes lately. Like that's why I've been playing the car. It's pretty mad litty, not gonna lie. Uh, for mine, I'm gonna go with mm, trying to pick a uh, Cosmic Hallelujah by Kenny Chesney because I feel like if I'm going to be on an island, <laughs> I want to listen to Kenny Chesney. You know what I mean? I feel oh, like yeah. that's going to that's gonna go better than rock or rap. I need Kenny Chesney just talking to me, telling me everything's going to be all right while I'm sitting on the <laughs> beach, sipping on my coconut water. <laughs> now, dude, I do feel like that would be the vibe. Oh, yeah. He would talk to you, man. Yeah, he would. All right, so three different genres there, rock, rap, and country. Before we sign off here, I've got some breaking news. A bleacher report on my phone just told me that the NBA could play at Disney World. A league is considering Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando as possible location for games if playing becomes safe. Man, Adam Silver is just pumping out everything. Like, he gets an idea. He's like, all right, publish this shit. Like, this just <laughs> right now. We got to give the people hope. <laughs> yes, exactly. I kind of gave up on the season, but dude, Disney World? 
going to Disney World. That'd be hype. They just they just built a like a basketball like a new basketball arena because I remember when I was down there last year for Brave Spring training they were like about to be done with it so they've got like five or six like arenas like down there like good courts and like stands. So. Would the fans be allowed to interact like attend um, these games or no? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Damn. Damn. All right, I, I just need I, I need something back. I need to watch it. You know, I need to get the gambling aspect back in. I, I need yeah. some playoffs. <laughs> yeah, dude, I really could use some NBA playoffs. I, we, we literally would be hitting, like, second round time at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Golly, that just makes me sad. <laughs> that oh, should man. make you happy. Why would that make me happy? It should make you happy. <laughs> if you're trying to say, like, well, first of all, like, none of us would be happy because the Hawks would be, like, the damn worst team in the league just getting ready for that number two pick. I would have been happy because I made a bet, like, last year with one of my friends, and he was definitely just being stupid, but he, he was making a bet. He was like, dude, the Lakers won't even get out of the first round. Ooh. And I was <laughs> Okay, like, so that was definitely like you're just up. being reckless. We bet like fifty dollars on it or something. It is true. I forgot I had a future bet like Clippers winning the uh, championship. So damn, I had I, had, I have a hundred dollar future on the Bucks winning the East. Regular season or, or conference like playoffs? Playoffs. Ah, uh, okay. say. It's like a hundred to win forty. Yeah, I had like a hundred and fifty dollars out on future bets, and I like they're just still sitting there. That's like money I can't get back in my credit right now. I mean, you can cancel a future. Yeah, but like just in case it happens, I still like my future bets. Yeah, true. All right, well, any last words, boys? Uh, just stay safe, uh, keep on uh, quarantine. Uh, like if you're out there grinding on your finals, grind. Just get a little more. Um, prepare for that May coming up. Yeah, May's coming up. Get that uh, Memorial Day weekend coming. Maybe some good times ahead. Maybe we're like, uh, maybe the curve is finally getting flat. You know, more rumbles of sports being talked. Like, you know, like maybe there's Things something good coming up. up. Just gotta keep on looking out to the horizon. Just wash your hands. So I got to say. Day 50 without the NBA. All right. (laughs) For Ryan, for Jake, and for myself, Out of Play Podcast, signing out.